0: you're welcome to this episode of always fragrance a teaching podcast committed to spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of our lord jesus christ to every part of the world and in today's teaching we join toby as he continues in the study of the book of matthew we hope you'll be blessed as you listen Hallelujah, glory to God. It's a pleasure to bring us what to you every time that I do so. And if you haven't checked on our website, alwaysfragrance.com, please do. There are exciting things for you on that website. So, Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, verse 3 is what we are studying today. The last time we studied Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, and we saw that John the Baptist was preaching. And was preaching about repentance. He preached that repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We stressed on the significance of repentance and what they are supposed to repent for because repentance is the most appropriate preparation for the kingdom of God. Now Matthew as we have seen from our study in chapter 1 chapter 2 is the evangelist that is quick to make reference to the Old Testament, to buttress his points and to establish the events surrounding the life, the birth, the conception, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament is quick to establish these events. In the Old Testament, giving grieving credence to this event, saying that this event aren't just some things happening out of the blues. This event aren't just some coincidence. There are things that are established. There are things that have been prophesied. There are things that have been spoken of. And they are happening right now. The end of this, like I've always said in almost all the episodes, is that the Jewish people may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. If you believe the Old Testament scriptures as a Jew, then this is the fulfillment of those scriptures. That is what he's talking about. So, he now refers again to the Old Testament in verse 3 that we'll be studying today. And he says that, For this is he, referring to John the Baptist, who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord make his paths straight Matthew is quoting from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 Isaiah is one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament as a matter of fact he is my favorite prophet because he add some very vivid prophecies. Once you turn on those pages, you could see Jesus literally jumping off those pages of the prophecies of Isaiah. This makes him one of my favorite in his vivid prophecies about Christ, his birth, his life, his mission, his death, his resurrection. Isaiah got a lot of references from Massive. You see, he's quoted from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and now he's quoting from Isaiah chapter 14, verse 3. He's saying that John the Baptist has been prophesied by Isaiah the prophet several years ago. To say that John the Baptist is the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, here is a description of an herald. This is not something that is strange to those people in those days. In those days, if the king is visiting a town, visiting a settlement somewhere, there will be an ear that would go ahead of him, announcing, prepare the way for the king. The king is coming. Prepare the way. Level the mountains. Fill up the valley. Make crooked paths straight. These were normal things that happened in those days. Even till today, in some settlement, especially in Africa, when the king is coming, there will be a guy going ahead of him, making some chants, some praise singing, and all of those things. And the people in those towns and settlements knows that the king is around, the king is on his way, and they, be- they begin to make things right. They begin to clean up, they begin to clear the street, um, arrange things that are in disarray, put on their best behavior, put on their best clothes, and all of those things. Now, John the Baptist is playing that role here, announcing the arrival of the king. And the king is the Mizani king, the Jewish king, that of course they have been expecting for hundreds of years. John the Baptist is that herald. it is that trumpet, and that is his purpose as a foreigner to announce the arrival of the king. And Isaiah is not the only prophet who has prophesied of the mission of the great herald of the gospel, John the Baptist. Malachi also did prophesy about this herald, this trumpet, this heraldry, John the Baptist. In his work and his office as an herald has been openly prophesied about that it is difficult for anyone, a student of the Old Testament, to miss his ministry. Even Jesus alluded to the fact that John the Baptist was prophesied in the Old Testament in Malachi chapter 4, 5 to 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the father, lest I come smite the heart with a curse. Malachi is alluded again to the ministry of John the Baptist. That he is the one that would change hearts. You remember from the last episode, we talked about repentance, a change of heart, a change of mind. And this is the constituents, the main content of the message of John the Baptist. The words in verse 3 of Matthew chapter 3 are not the exact words of John the Baptist himself. They are the summary of all the words that he would be preaching. John the Baptist as an herald has a mission of removing every impediment and everything that is getting in the way of receiving the King who is Jesus Christ. And the last episode you remember that I said that repentance is removing impediments on the way of salvation. And those impediments are mostly strongholds in the mind. And that is why a change of mind is very important. Now, John the Baptist is referred to as the voice. As against the contrast of Jesus being the word. Jesus is the word, but John the Baptist is the voice. John the Baptist has a very vocal ministry. And we've seen in verse 1 that John the Baptist showed up in the wilderness of Judea, preaching. He was using the most effective means of God's power being manifested, being demonstrated, which is preaching. I've elaborated on that from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, even from Romans chapter 1, verse 16, establishing the effectiveness of preaching. In fact, after Paul the Apostle scolded the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, after he had said a lot of things about tongues and prophecies and how others should be reinstated in the assembly of believers, he made a clear statement. He told them that there is no other way in which God will instruct them, in which God would speak to these people apart from what he has told them. In other words, God is not going to rend the sky and you know tear down the mountains and... Sap up the oceans to be able to deliver a message to these people. It is through the preaching of his servants. So John the Baptist is the voice as a very vocal ministry declaring um, as an herald. An herald does not do any other thing than to make an announcement. And then the people that hears him will begin to heed him and act accordingly to be able to receive the king. And also you would remember that John the Baptist is a voice that showed up after a dearth, after a want and a scarcity of the voice of God in the nation of Israel. History has it that for about 400 years, there was no prophet that delivered a word from God to the nation of Israel. Or at least there was no prophet that had a Messianic word. Or there was no prophet that had a national impact on the nation of Israel for 400 years. So after this scarcity of the prophetic voice, a national prominent voice of the prophetic over the nation of Israel, John the Baptist showed up and then he became the voice. That they've not heard for a very long time. So when we say John the Baptist is a voice, he is a voice in contrast to Jesus being the Word. He is a voice because he had a vocal ministry, very vocal, because verse one said he was preaching, no other thing but preaching. And then thirdly, because there have been a dust, there have been a, a want, there's been a the scarcity of the prophetic voice. And when when he showed up, he is that voice that they have been longing to hear. Is that voice that has been silent for a very long time. Is that voice that they want and they need at this particular time. And this voice is in the wilderness. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, the prophecy says. Now, of course, John the Baptist literally was preaching in the wilderness. Verse 1, Matthew chapter 3 says that in those days, John the Baptist preached in the wilderness of Judea. Definitely, he was preached literally, physically in the wilderness and the significance of that wilderness has been established in previous two episodes where we talked about Matthew chapter 3 verse 1. So if you want, you could go refresh your memory on that. Now also, apart from the fact that he physically preached in the wilderness, the wilderness could also be the figure Of the spiritual state, the spiritual climate and atmosphere in which John the Baptist was preaching. A wilderness is a place that is scanty, scanty vegetation, scanty about life. The nation of Israel at that time was a place that was destitute of fruits of righteousness, destitute of hocks of righteousness, a place of spiritual desolation, a state where God's people were desolate spiritually because they were drowning in their self-righteousness, which is absolutely insufficient to obtain God's favor, God's mercy, to obtain forgiveness before God. So while John was preaching physically in the wilderness of Judea, he was also preaching in the wilderness of Judea in a spiritual sense because spiritually, Judea was in a wilderness, void of fruit of righteousness, void of the hawk of righteousness, a state of spiritual desolation, which was the condition of God's people at that time And John was crying out loud, just like an herald, make way for the Lord, make way way for the Lord. How they can make a way for the Lord, we've read in verse 2, is by repentance. And we studied that extensively in the previous episode. This quote of Isaiah, prepare ye the way of the Lord, was mentioned in all the Gospels, not just in Matthew, but also in Mark, in Luke, and in John as well. This shows the importance Of this prophecy shows the importance of the ministry of John the Baptist. And just like the earthly kings, Jesus the Messianic King, Jesus the Eternal King must have his way prepared. And he had his way prepared by John the Baptist. Removing every entrance, removing every impediment on his way to be received as a king among his people. Over 2,000 years ago, the king arrived and the king is among us today but there are still impediments there are still obstacles and barriers in the way of the king into many cultures into many lives into many nations and the most prominent in fact probably the primary impediment and barrier to the arrival of of the king in the lives of many and in many cultural nations is unbelief. I'm about to tell you how you can prepare the way for the king in your heart. I'm like that herald, that John the Baptist, is telling you to make a way for the king. Make a room for the king. Level the mountains. Fill up the valleys. Make the crooked path straight. And how you can do this is by removing unbelief. Unbelief is the only impediment in your heart to receive that King today. You would say unbelief. What have I been unbelieving about? What have I not believed? Simple. You have not believed that Jesus Christ is the King. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That Jesus Christ died for your sins. That Jesus Christ rose for your sins. He was condemned, put to death because of your sin. Rose to life because of your justification. Now you are sanctified. Now you are justified. All you need to do is to remove unbelief. Believe these truths. And thus making way for the King in your life. So if you're hearing this trumpet today, if you're hearing this heralding today, don't be unbothered, don't be less concerned. Here, the king wants to come in and you need to remove every impediment. Remove unbelief. Embrace these truth, and the king will find a room in your heart. Thank you for joining us in today's teaching session. We believe strongly that you were immensely blessed by the sharing of the Word of God. For more information and inquiries, you can reach us on our Facebook page, Always Fragrance. And on our Instagram page, we'll be delighted to connect with you. Join us again tomorrow as we continue in an expository teaching on the book of Matthew. Till then, remain ever blessed.